All right, welcome back. 8 o'clock, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. And I did promise a guest here in this segment, but I had a surprise guest. This guy just walked in here. Just walked into he the just studio. just walked in. Like I own the place. He walked in from Atlanta. What's up, my my new, uh, my future co-host here, you Douglas. What's going on, you? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm not bad, man. I, you know, I just had a good meal. I'm, I'm just chilling out, listening, listening to the show a little bit. Just, just trying to get my bearings back here in Philadelphia. So you're doing double duty right now? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I did my show, doing my show from Atlanta, and then I just came in. I said, let me pop in and holler at Joe. So where are you staying close? Obviously, yeah, I'm not that far. I'm right. not that far. You're good. Oh, you know what? The, the thing that I'm kind of stressed out about is that damn parking. Like you know, parking. They got to pay for parking every time you move your truck. So, so are you in walking distance? You got to drive here. I can walk if okay. I wanted to, but I'm not gonna. Yeah, parking. Listen, the, parking around here is a problem. I, I just walk with Rod. Rod is a walker. Our he, boss. Well, he so when he he's got a, he's a walker. When he got here from Arizona last year, before him his family moved out, right? And yeah. They got a house. He was living in the city, just walking. No, listen. I was like, what are you doing? It's like it's he, 20 he, degrees outside. Listen, he's like, hey, you want to go to dinner? We gonna walk, and I'm like. Dog, I just got off the treadmill. <laughs> like, I don't want to walk. Like, so I walk 30 extra minutes with the boss because he likes to walk. Yeah, we went to lunch one time. We walked. The guy yeah, walks like, everywhere. What's, what's going on with that, yeah, man? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of walking. Yeah, um, of all walking, right, so listen, I'm, it's it's awesome you're here, and, and we're uh, we're going to get going. Hopefully, I'm thinking you, about a month after and a half Super Bowl. after the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we were just talking about that, man. And I know that the Eagles got a big game coming up this weekend, and they're talking about, you know, the number one seed and, and what should you do. Man, that's a tough one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm playing Jalen. I, I got to get him back out there now. A couple weeks ago, I was in with Ike when we announced our show, and I yeah. was saying that day I didn't want to play him. Like that was before the Cowboy game, and I wanted to give him time to rest. They gave him two weeks. They got they got to get him back out there now for this game. I wanted I wanted to play him against the Cowboys because for selfish reasons. It's the Cowboys. I'm not gonna lie. I yeah. mean, it's the Cowboys. Yeah, you, you, know, you know how that go. You yeah. know how that go. You, you don't. You've been you've been here long enough. You know how that go. But uh, man, it, it's see this this is the thing, Joe. You got to play. You got to play chess. Can't play checkers. And as, as, as important as this game is, you're still in the playoffs. And I, and I understand that number one seed is different. Mm-hmm. It hits different. You know, you got that bye where you got that extra week of rest. But you go out there. You know, like, listen, you, you could tell Jalen all you want that, hey, we want you to do this, that, and the third. But Jalen's a gamer. And Jalen's going to go out there and he's going to yeah. play his game. You can't take that out of him. And, and, and if he goes out there and gets hurt, then Coach Sirianni, he cannot come back to Philadelphia. He oh, he's leave. out. They he got to go. Him. He got to go. He got to go. You can't do that, man. No, you can't well, do that. Well, especially with the playoffs. And then they play. If they lost this game, you they play next week. Like yeah. it, it's crazy how the whole thing shifts. They'd be on the road next week if they if, if they lose and, and Dallas wins. They lose the division. Yeah, yeah. I think you got to go with Gardner Minshew, man. And I know right now Gardner Minshew is not a name that folks want to hear a whole lot of right oh, now. He was I, oh, awful <laughs> on Sunday. I mean, that no, was terrible. You know, I was watching the game with Ike right, and I was like, you know, I, it, I was like, kept saying, new phone, who this? Because it was like, who the hell is that? Like, he didn't even look like the guy that I saw a week before when he no. played the Dallas Cowboys. And then but that it was pl- a little tougher. It was a little tougher. It was. Uh, and I, I don't think the blocking was good for him in the offensive line. But that pick six, I mean, like, they, it was, they telegraphed that. Yeah. They, Lattimore yeah. just walked up and took it away. He I, had happy feet back there. He, he had some happy feet. He, he looked like – I think man-to-man kind of blew his mind a little bit because he held the ball a lot longer than he did in the Dallas game. Right. It looked like in the Dallas game, from, from my perspective, that he was able to uh, – find the holes a lot quicker mm-hmm. in the defense and was able to thread the needle a little bit. He was bit. more unsure against yeah, the Saints. Yeah, he, he just looked like he was scared to throw it, man. And, I mean, listen, that happens from time to time. Uh, but in this game, Dallas, uh, the, the New York Giants aren't playing everybody. 
Well, that's a, that's a real help for this week. Yeah. So you got a, You got a, You got a chance. You got a chance. Uh, but if you lose this game, yeah. you lose the division. This would be a collapse. I mean, yeah. to go from thirteen and one to playing on wild card. I, I tell you what, if they lose this game. I'm glad I ain't got to work on the air yeah. here on Monday. I'm glad. Yeah, I you, well, you'd be the luckiest one. <laughs> yeah, I'd be the luckiest. We'd be picking up the pieces. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do not because I remember those days losing here in Philadelphia, how it felt on that Monday. Oh, but so I don't think they're going to lose. We're not going to even speak that into existence, man. They're going to win. All right, well, win. How about this aspect of it? So so I, I think they should play Hurts. You think they maybe one more week of rest. What about the rust factor? I mean, it's, it's going to be a- that's a That's a huge factor. I remember so, when Donovan was hurt. You know that that was that was one of the, the things that that people were concerned about. Yep. You know, coming back from from being injured. Listen, you have to, in my opinion, you you want him at his best. And as the game progresses, guys usually work themselves out of that. And you know, you have enough weapons around you that it doesn't all have to be on Jalen. Well, it in shouldn't be. Well, when they've been at their best this year, it's not been all on him, right? Yeah. They've gotten the ball out of his hands quick. The receivers make a lot of plays for him. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot of weapons here. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what it has to be that. You can't, it can't be a situation where, you know, you want him to throw the ball 50, 50 times down the field or yeah. something like that. Well, they're going to lose if they do that. Yeah, you got you to gotta let, you got to work the, you got to work the running game. You got to get Miles Sanders involved. You got you to gotta throw short to intermediate pass, let him get comfortable, you know, because. Yeah. If he plays this weekend, that's what you want to do if you want to put him out there. So how about this idea? So I was thinking you play him this weekend. Giants hopefully don't play all their guys, right? You mm-hmm. jump on the Giants, and then you get him out of the game. He doesn't have to play a full game. I mean, it just, but you get you, – you get. I just feel like they've lost their mojo without Hurts the last couple of weeks. Like they get him back they in there. They look a little different. They do. They look a little different. You get him out there. You get up, I don't know, 21-3. That feels possible in the first half. If the Giants aren't playing anyone, you get up, and then you get him out at halftime. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he wants to play. I'm oh, pretty sure that, like, like, you know, everybody understands what the number one seed means. That that that's that extra week of rest. You know, get healthy, get yep. healthier. So everybody understands what it means. But you got to be. This is the thing. You got to be smart. And, and you can't. If, if he's if he's not 100 percent ready to go, then you don't play him. What if? Is he going to be 100 percent though? Like, no, nobody's 100. Well, especially with sprains, right? Because they, yeah. they 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 heal and then you're back. But last year they they gave him the week off with the ankle and he came back and he re-injured it anyway in the playoff game against the Bucks. I I just I'm nervous that they're going to walk in the playoffs. He hasn't played in a, in you know three weeks or so, four weeks before the playoff game. They're going to be rusty and they're going to be all off in that first playoff game. I'm nervous about that. Yeah, I mean that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Then when you talk about the teams that you're going to be facing. Like they're gonna, you're gonna be facing the elite teams now. It's you're probably gonna be fa- Dallas in that <laughs> yeah. first game. Yeah, I think you can get Dallas though. Here, I think with, with yes. Jalen, yeah, yeah, yeah. with Jalen, with Jalen playing, you can get Dallas. I'm not worried. Dallas, you know, for much stuff, I'm gonna say something else. For much stuff is Dallas Cowboy fans talk. Well, they talk a lot of stuff. Yeah, they, they talk they, a lot they, of they, stuff. Too much. stuff. They talk a lot of stuff. Considering they won anything they're, a long they're, time. They're paper champs, man. They, when was the last time they've been relevant? Like, like last year in the playoffs. They exited early. Well, I mean, that, and that play at the end of the game where yeah, the that, clock's that, running yeah, and Dak's Dak, 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 yeah. Dak has thrown, like, what, eight picks in the last five games or something crazy he like that? He has the highest interception percentage in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried about Dallas Cowboys. I'm the Niners worry me. They worry you? Yes. Nick Nick Bosa worries me. Worries whole, the heck that, out of The whole defense. Fred Warner's <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Nick Bosa, especially when you talk about Lane Johnson potentially being hurt and not yeah. playing. Well, he's hurt and not playing. Did you that, ever have an abdominal injury? Not like that. Nothing like that. Now, I had one time where I tore my groin. Well, I pulled my groin when I was in, in New York, but, you know, that's not a good feeling. Well, I, I just – I mean, I, I get he's tough and he's going to try to play, but that's just like when he 
I, I had an abdominal injury a year ago. You'd do anything. I reached up to get something out of my closet. Like, it hurts. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing anything. This yeah. guy's going to try to play right tackle in the NFL? Nah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. There's not enough drugs on the planet that'll, that'll make that feel good. And then you got to think about it like this, Joe. I, I don't know. When you, when you have an abdominal pull or abdominal strain, you're, you're not as strong in that area. Like, in, in, like, I'm thinking maybe his lateral movement. It's not going to be that great. Right, Which is, and then they, they send a blitzer, they stunt. you got to turn fast. Yeah, you got to be able to turn, and you have to be able to like, – like Lane's a dancing bear. He's a big dude. He, yeah. he moves really, really well for a man his size. And I think about like Joey like, – not Joey, but Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is a monster out totally. there on that edge. I mean, you know, he has the bull rush game going. He can hit you with the, with the speed off the corner. But he likes to play physical. He's a physical pass rusher. And I think that with Lane having his, you know, groin pull like that, that that would be a problem. That would be something that you would definitely have to factor in if he's out there on the field. Yeah, you do. 215-592-9494. If you want to hop in, Hugh Douglas uh, surprised me. Just walked in the studio here. Excited to hang out with him for a few minutes here on this Wednesday night. All right, let me throw this at you because we were talking about this too. What do you think the NFL should do here with this Bills-Bengals thing? Obviously, it's, it's awful what happened on Monday, and we yeah. hope that kid uh, can recover here. But one of the scenarios that was thrown out, Mike Florio threw it out, is that they would play regular schedule this week. Mm-hmm. Then next week, instead of all the playoffs, they'd play the NFC playoffs, and they would make up the Bills-Bengals. Then the next week, they'd play the start of the AFC playoffs, and the NFC would be totally off. So they would kind of stagger the first round. And then after that, then they'd be back on track with the divisional round. But that would mean the Eagles would have two full weeks off if they are the, the number one seed. Yeah. I mean, I think that they have to figure this out because you can't draw straws. There, there was I, I read somewhere where they were talking about potentially drawing straws and just picking like letting the Kansas City Chiefs be the winner or whatever. Just say it was a tie yeah, or whatever. You can't do that. You can't do that. But it's hard to to get a game in now. Like yeah, it, it's going it to affect is. every team. If if this would have happened late earlier in the season, you would have had a chance to make this yeah, up. Yeah, like the COVID year. Yeah, they, they yeah. Did that. You you would you would have had a chance to make this up. I, I don't see how you do this and be fair to everybody. You know, it, it, it's it's unfortunate that it happened the way it happened. And you know what? It's also unfortunate that Skip took the heat that he took. But, he, you know, he, he should have. Well, I mean, that's what he does, right? He yeah, he should have. He should have. He should have been smart enough to know not to send that tweet when he sent it. He became the bad guy that night. Yeah, he did. Yeah, the he NFL did. on him became the bad guy. I mean, guy. but you know what the unfortunate thing about it? We, we all thought it, but nobody was going to voice it. Nobody was going to tweet it. Everyone. We all thought I it. I was wondering the same thing. Like, how, how are you going to make this game? Right. How do they not play this game? It's a gigantic game. Obviously, in the moment, I didn't realize yet at that point, like, oh, the no. The magnitude yeah. of the situation. Yeah. yeah. But then yeah. you start watching, and you're like, I, they're not going to play because he, you know. They, yeah, and it didn't look good, man. Those when the ambulance, players, when the ambulance uh, rolled out. Man, you, that, when they showed the faces, Stefan Diggs, when he was crying on the yeah. field. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've never watched a game and thought a player – could die on the field. It's, it's never gone through my mind. Like, paralyzed, that's happened, right? We've yeah, seen that. Yeah. Really hurt, broken bone. But I never thought that would happen. You know what's funny? When I watched it, because as, uh, many times you go out there, and, and I remember me and Hollis, when we played, you used to talk about having your bulletproof vest and, and feeling invincible and everything like yeah. that. Because you do feel like that when you're out there on the field. But to see him laying there and everybody around him, that just lets you realize that, you know, you could potentially die playing this game. Mm-hmm. You could potentially die. You know, when you talk about all those hits and they're equating them to car crashes and everything like that, that was a surreal moment for everybody. Anybody that has played the game, that was a surreal moment for them. And it 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 made you really count your blessings, like to get out of the game and not have two series of injuries. Because this young man was sitting there on the field and he could potentially die. His heart stopped. 
It's hard stop. The craziest part was that was not a severe hit. We no, see it wasn't. That, that, that play That's a routine happened hit. That's every a routine play. hit. That's yeah. a routine hit. And it bothered me that some people, I, I, think, it was, I think it was Bart Scott, th- threw some blame at T. Higgins. Like, T. Higgins just playing football, right? He's just, he yeah, caught the pass. That. I yeah. saw that. He, he's doing his job, man. And, and listen, when you're playing football and you're, you're, you know, you're laying the smack down, you're hitting the quarterback, you never think anything like that happened. Or you blindside somebody. You 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 know you coming down on kickoff and you catch somebody slipping, you don't you never think for a moment that that person could die. Never you never, you never think that. So when when you see that and you see him collapse the way that you that he did, man, that that's that's heart wrenching. That's heart wrenching. You know, I was thinking about off that uh, and from a, a guy that, I mean, like you who crushed the quarterback. I, I don't know how you play defense now. Like so that happened, right? So pass rushers are not allowed to hit low. Or you get a penalty. Mm-hmm. You hit high, you get a penalty. Well, now what's the place they want you to hit? They want you to hit the chest, right? Isn't that where you're supposed yeah, that's to? Yeah, you're supposed to strike like the torso the, or yeah. the chest. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, I wonder how these. Play, I wonder what the league's going to be like this week. Like, do you think these players they get on the field on Sunday or Saturday yes. and they just they play, or is this in the back of everyone's mind for a week? It's uh, got to be weird. It's a weird feeling. And, and, and you tell yourself that, hey, I'm going to get out here and, and do my job and everything's going to be like it used to be. I don't know. I don't think so. I think that there's going to need there's going to be some players that are going to need some counseling. Of course. After this, there might even be some guys this weekend that 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 might think twice about going out there. And I, I would not be mad at them. I, I don't think that. you can be. And not no. after that kind of thing happened. No. And I and I. I just don't know how the NFL tries to make this game up. I get why they want to. They want to be fair to the Bills, fair to the Bengals. But, man, there's no good answer. Were they gonna, and the other idea is to play it on a short week. Like, they play on a Thursday and they play a playoff game on a Monday. That feels, like, not fair either. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny? We, we, you just brought it up. Uh, it, it, it's like the guys this weekend. Like, it, it, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what, what they're going to be feeling like. That That's going to be super weird. Well, especially the Bills players. I yeah. Mean, and they – that team has so much to play for, too. Right? It, it almost, in a weird way, be easier if these teams were eliminated. Like, all right, we're not going to play the game. Maybe if you don't want to play this weekend, just Yeah, but we, this move game on. had so, so much. much on the line. It was like yeah, the biggest so Monday night game yeah, in years. Yeah, yeah. yeah man, it, it's unfortunate. Let's grab a call. Bill's in Washington Township. What's up, Bill? Bill! Hey, Joe. And also, I want, so I want to talk about uh, what I think an outside-the-box option for the NFL would be. But first, Hugh, I just wanted to say, what's up, man? I, you know, you're in my first, like, memories of being an Eagles fan. I'm 28 years old. I used to go to Lehigh Valley with my dad and, and watch you and Doc and, you know, Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent practice, and that was just, like, you know, first memories of being an Eagles fan. So what's Appreciate up, man? you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but, all right, so listen to this. Hear me out. They don't make up the game. They cancel it. But – they say we're gonna let just in the AFC another team make the playoffs. No more, no buy for this year. That way, it kind of evens the playing field. The Chiefs don't get a buy that they don't deserve. Makes it a little bit more fair for the Bills and the Bengals. So you want to have and, eight teams in the AFC playoffs? Like you're letting another team in? Correct. So Dolphins and Jets come to playing game. Basically, you get an extra game. Give it to ESPN since they lost their Monday night game. We get to all watch a little bit of extra football. It's a little bit more fair. Maybe the Chiefs don't love it, but maybe they weren't going to get the one seed anyway. If there was, if you know, if the game was made up, and uh, you know, we get to watch a little bit of extra football, but none of the games gets moved. You just add one extra playoff game. 
Yeah, look, I don't think the NFL would ever turn down the idea of more money and more playoff games, but they're not they're, they're not going to let an extra no, team in. No, an extra team in, because that, that mean, wouldn't that mean you had to let an extra NFC team in? Well, right, but yeah. you're, Bill, what you have to make it fair, because uh, I don't know, who, whoever the eight, like the Lions, right? The Lions, I guess, yeah. or the Seahawks would be the eighth NFC team. Wouldn't they complain, like, you got to make it even? Yeah, I mean, you could, but, you know, they're two different conferences. You have a unique situation. It's a one-year thing. I mean, is it really that unfair that— But it's yeah, a Pandora's yeah, box. That's the extra game. game. That's the extra yeah. game. Yeah, you know, and I, Bill, I, I get it. You're looking for a solution. We appreciate it. It's Pandora's box. You yeah. Like, anything you do, it has a ripple effect. And like I was saying about the Eagles before, if they do do this thing where they stagger the AFC and NFC— the Eagles would have two full weeks, and that means the team they play would have a bye before they play them. Like the advantage of having the bye when you guys had it back in the day, the team you're playing played the week before. Yeah, and they're a little bang. They could be a little yeah. banged up, or they could be a little tired, or something like that. But yeah, it, it, it's it's this is this couldn't have happened at the at the worst time I know. in the NFL, and and they need to figure it out. I don't. I to be honest, Joe, I don't think there's a solution. I really don't. I don't. I don't think that this is a fixable problem within the time frame that's given. And that's the problem. Well, because the playoffs are supposed to start next Saturday. Yeah. And this is this is all starting right now. It is infixable. And, I mean, your former teammate, Troy Vincent, he's, he's, the, he's the one that's out there talking about this. He, they, yeah. they, it's interesting. This week, Goodell's not the one talking. It's Troy. He's the one out there you know, answering all these questions today and press conferences. It feels like he's become the one that everyone's asking these questions to. I, I don't think he's got the answer yet. No, he doesn't. And he's trying to figure it out, man. That's why it was, on, you know, when you're talking about, you know, all the, the, all the reports that they were going to stick the players out there and everything, and Troy had to defend all of that yeah. and it was just it was just it was a crazy night it was a crazy night and everybody was trying to just figure out number one how the young man was doing in in, in his health right. at that point and then you know after that football was like fourth or fifth on the list at that point yeah I thought the coaches handled it I Sean McDermott who you know from when you were here and he was here mm-hmm. it seemed like he was the first one because Zach Taylor today spoke and said that he talked to Sean McDermott and Sean said I have to be at the hospital I, I gotta go with him like I can't coach anymore I, and that was kind of the the jumping off where they, they both said we're not gonna play then so like I think it was him I think it was McDermott basically saying I have to go with this kid to the hospital I can't be at the stadium that was kind of the where they started to realize they're not going to play this game. Yeah, and I, and I had a chance to talk to Derek Boyko. Derek Boyko is the PR guy. With Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, with Buffalo. He was here and before, he was yeah. Here, yeah, and I had a chance to talk to him, man, and uh, he was shook. And, you know, we're sending text text messages back and forth, and he was clearly shook. I could tell that in his text messages. So, yeah, they, they were dealing with a lot up there in Buffalo. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, and, and hopefully the kid gets better, and, and we'll see what the NFL does. So you're uh, you're back on tomorrow. What time does your show start in the morning? My show starts at 5 o'clock in the morning. Five o'clock. So, so are, you, are you ready to switch from this morning routine to, like, a midday routine? No, nah, not really, because I, I, was, I was telling the boss, man, I'm probably still going to get up early. Because, you know, I get up and I, I try to work out in the morning. You know, I Before try to your get show? Up, yeah, I try to get up and work out in the morning. So what so time do you get up? About 2.30. What time, all right, what time do you usually go to sleep? I do you have to, a routine? Well, well, like see, Angelo, for all these years, has talked about his routine, right? He goes to bed at like 6 p.m. See, this is what I do. I will go home after my show. I get home about noon. So I sleep from probably about noon to 5 o'clock. So like, is that a nap or is that sleep? No, that's sleep. Because, okay. you know, nap is where, you know, you, 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 know you, don't, you don't get under the covers. You just probably lay on top of the bed. Yeah, or the no, couch. I, or I, I, I t- I'm, I'm, I'm butt naked. I'm, I'm under the covers. <laughs> I'm so asleep. Twelve to five. I'm asleep. You're out. So then I get up, you know, and I do my work. I do my workout, and uh, then I go go back to sleep. I get that's up. That's the nap. It. Yeah, that's the nap. That's the nap. That, that's the nap. That's the nap. Because then I get up in the morning, and do another do my cardio, and then come to work. So what are you going to do now for sleep? What time are you going to wake up when we're doing our show? What I'm going to do? I don't know, man. I'm probably get up about six o'clock because I okay. still want to yeah, go to the gym. 
Go That's to the a gym. normal. I think yeah. sex is okay. Go to the gym, do my thing, and I, I don't know what I'm gonna do about that nap though. Cause you know I'm a plan. I plan on hitting some of these here Sixers games and. Well, you could, I mean, if, so we're done at two. You could nap for a couple hours before we, we go to yeah, a basketball game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll be all right. Do some, do some of that. You know, get out in the city a little bit, get some cheesesteaks, maybe go, you know, go see some shoe models. Because I was models? told I got I to gotta change my verbiage a little bit on the show. So, can't, can't say strippers. Shoe models, okay. Shoe models. Okay. Yes. All right, shoe we can, models. We can work that in. Can't say we. Got to say gummies. Okay, it's gummies we're, we're and shoe models yeah. here back in Philadelphia. Yeah, yes, yeah. So you know, yeah, all of that. Yeah, we yeah. got we got a little while for you to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. got to got, got to figure out. Got to figure out my co-host. Figure out what we're gonna talk about. We got plenty of time. Yeah, listen, you. I appreciate you hopping in. This was a fun surprise. Have a good uh, a good nap. Or yeah, this, I'm about yeah. no. I better go to bed. Yeah, now. Go to bed. <laughs> have a good night <laughs> and uh, and I'll see you soon, man. All right, then, brother. Have a good one. You got it. Appreciate two one five five nine two nine four nine four to hop in Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's how you get aboard here on this Wednesday night. Ben Brown, we did. Um, we had a little guest switcheroo there. We promised you Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus about a half hour ago. And then uh, and then you, Douglas, walked in. And uh, very. Uh, it was kind of Pro Football Focus. They said, sure, Ben Brown will join you. Uh, about a half hour from now. So we'll talk to him coming up at 9. But uh, that was fun, hanging out with you there and, and talking about this this game Sunday and, and what to do. And he thinks they could, they could play Gardner Minshew and get away with it and give Jalen Hurts an extra week. Um, and, look, can they do that? Sure. But I'm not willing to do it. And and I, I really am interested tomorrow what it's going to be with Jalen Hurts at practice, Tucker, because it feels like tomorrow's the day. You know, we played the clip earlier of um, James Palmer talking about what they need to see at practice, velocity on his throws, and kind of him just looking himself, throwing the football. Tomorrow feels like the day. If he looks like himself, I imagine he's going to play on Sunday. If they don't love what they see, that makes it tricky. Yeah, and if you go back to last week, on Friday, they said he did have velocity on his throws in practice when he was a limited participant. I don't know if they upgrade him to full. If they do, I think it's almost a surefire bet that he does play. But I wouldn't be shocked if he's limited again. I wouldn't be shocked if he's limited on Wednesday and limited on Thursday. And then they upgrade him to a full participant on Friday. And I also think it's almost a guarantee he's going to have a questionable designation heading into the weekend for nothing more than Nick Sirianni does like a little gamesmanship. The Eagles do like keeping things close to the vest at times. Mm. I think if they announce him as the starter this week, I would be surprised. Yeah, I, so I guess the question will be how they how they put this injury report out uh, come Thursday, Friday. Right? Tomorrow we'll see if he's a full practice or he's limited. Now, Jeff McClain of the Inquirer, he was the first one when the injury came down to basically say he might not play for two weeks. Remember that? Everyone was like, oh, I'll just miss this week. And McClain was the first one to say, yeah, he might not play for two weeks. Um, he wrote today and seems to think he's on track to start this game. And – you know, wherever you know his sources, it was pretty good the first time because he didn't play the first two weeks uh, off the injury. And now he seems to believe that today was a step towards him playing on Sunday. If I had to guess right now, Jalen Hurts is going to play in this game on Sunday. I, I think he's going to play, and I think it's the right decision. Um, and, and it's a matter of of making sure he, you know, they do the right things not to get him hurt in the game. That's that's the key. Like play him, get a lead, get him off the field. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. That's how you hop aboard here. I wanted to um, I wanted to mention a message I got here from a, a listener in terms of the idea of what to do with the schedule here, the Bills and the Bengals. And then I, I want to bring up something I thought about today. And apparently Tucker had the idea that I had today weeks ago. He beat me to it. 
But first, uh, this message I got here with the Bills, Bengals, and, and how the NFL Chanel is, and, and as you and I were just talking about, there's not a great answer to this. I mean, in fact, every way the NFL could come up with a solution to this this Bills, Bengals issue, it 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 hurts another team. Like, there's no perfect situation or perfect scenario. So, Jim sent us a message that he believes they should. Uh, they I honestly believes they should flip a coin for the Bills, Bengals game. Flip a coin for the game. I mean, they do that with draft picks, right? When when the um, didn't the Eagles have a coin flip when the for the Bradford trade? Yeah, remember Howie Roseman got real excited at the combine, and then they drafted uh, Derek Barnett with the pick. Yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, can we talk about them drafting Jordan Davis this year and how, what a, what a disappointment he's been? Or are we um, not there yet? Not yet. It kind of reminds me of Barnett his rookie year, right? They won the Super Bowl. Now Barnett. I mean, I guess Jordan Davis could play a role in the Super Bowl or the NFC title game, right? A sack or a block punt or kick or something or, or whatever. But he Barnett didn't do much his rookie year. But they had a deep defensive line. They were the Super Bowl team. No one mentioned it. I think I, I think we get a year grace period because the team's so good. And the, and the defensive line, which he's part of, is having a great year. So I think we get a grace period. But the flip of a coin, they really can't do that, right? I don't think so. I think it's too trivial. It feels silly. It, it feels like, like, hey, this game was billed as the biggest Monday night game in 20 years. Unfortunately, we couldn't play it. Let's flip a coin. Yeah, I, I just don't think they could. Isn't there a movie where they do that? Is that Friday Night Lights? Or radio? Isn't there a movie where like they, they decide a high school football game by flipping a coin? It, there may be. I haven't seen radio in a long time. Only, that was Cuba Gooding. And Ed Harris, right? Didn't Ed Harris play the coach? Both of those guys had a real run where they were superstars. And... Now, I mean, Ed Harris, I guess, a little bit older now. What happened to Cuba Gooding? Yeah, I mean, he did Snow Dogs and then, like, nothing else. Have we talked about this before? We have. I think you referred to him once as a one, one-hit one wonder, and someone got really upset. Um, <laughs> I think that happened. Yeah, I, I maybe I was a little maybe I was a little harsh on Cuba. I mean, all I know is for, like, a seven-year stretch, Cuba Gooding Jr. was in every big-time movie. Well, he portrayed O.J. in that, that TV series. That was also six years ago. That was a very good series. What was the name of it? Uh, the People versus O.J. Simpson. Yeah, my, my other guess was Juice, but I knew that, was, that wasn't the name of it. That, it was on FX. I really enjoyed that. Um, the, uh, I forget the name of the actor that played Christopher Darden, who was one of the prosecutors. He was, he's a, quite a good actor. I forget his name now. Uh, he is in This Is Us. Yeah, right? that's the guy. Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, Sterling. Very good actor. And Ross Geller played uh, Robert Kardashian. <laughs> Was, David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer was a great Robert Kardashian. And I forget the actor that played Johnny Cochran, but he knocked that role out of the park. Uh, his name is Courtney B. Vance. Yeah, Courtney B. Vance was very—I I was hooked on that series for a couple months there and watched it all. You know, I had someone, because that came out when I was in college, I had someone at a party tell me, not to spoil it, they hadn't <laughs> watched the last episode. Are they serious? They were. They're like, I haven't watched it yet. Don't talk about the last episode in front of me. You mean when he's found not guilty? Like, that was— 22 years ago now. It's okay. We it, can talk about it's it. It's historic record. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 like, this is not a show you've never seen before. This played out in front of the entire country. Anyway, um, how did we get to the O.J. Simpson talk? Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Was famous. They fell off the rails. Oh, man, I forget. Okay. this Somehow this was back to Bill's Bengals. Somehow I, I know. Oh, the oh, coin flip. Harris flipping a coin radio. Cuba. Don't flip a coin for Monday Night Football. Yeah. I, I think the only way to do this is to have no contest or a tie. You know, and as much as it's in not probable, ties happen in the NFL. 
You know what doesn't happen? We have a going to determine a winner. Like, if they had played that game out on Monday, I, I don't know what the percentage chances are, 1%, half a percent. There could have been a tie. Like, that is possible. There's no way they're going to have fl- just flip a coin at the end of the game and decide it that way. I don't like that way of doing it. 215-592-9494. All right. Your calls on Jalen Hurts, if you think he should play or not. And would you play him if he's not 100%? So you, Douglas, who was just hanging out for the last segment, he would not. He would not play um, Jalen Hurts if he was not 100%. I would. I, I believe it is, it's time to get Jalen Hurts back on the field and think they have to do it. And I think this is the week to do it against a Giants team that, yes, yes, they're probably going to sit their starters. But the way the Eagles played with Gardner Mitchell last week, I'm not taking any chances this week. I'm getting him back on the field ASAP this weekend, build a lead, get him off the field. I would play Jalen Hurts even if he's not at 100%. And how do you think – should the NFL try to make up this Bills-Bengals game? I don't believe they should. I think there's more harm than good in trying to do it. I understand the NFL trying to do the right thing and and find a way to make it fair and, and equitable for everybody and, and get the Bills and Bengals their, their final game in. But, boy, you know, changing the structure of the playoffs – having staggered wild card weeks, having the NFC play next weekend that have everyone on a bye, and then they play the divisional round, which means the Eagles' bye week is negated. It's not as big of an advantage because the team that they would host would be off a bye week as well. I don't like it. And then not having the bye between the title games and the Super Bowl, I think, changes the integrity of the season more. So all of this throws the whole situation off. I would not change the playoffs to fit in a Bills-Bengals game. How about you? 215-592-9494. All right, here's the other thing I wanted to bring up um, tonight because I started looking at some statistics on the season. You know, we know the Eagles' pass rush has been enormous, and, you know, with five sacks this week, and they set the all-time record for sacks in a season, which it just feels crazy that th- this team, this defense, without a single, you know, you know, forget Sue for a second because he's he just got here. Without a single lock Hall of Famer is going to have one of the great pass rush seasons ever, maybe the most sacks ever for a season. You know, it's a defensive coordinator half the city thinks is a moron and, and thinks is not aggressive enough. There's not a single defensive player on this unit, a defensive, you know, lineman or, or pass rusher on this unit outside of Sue who just, you know, got here 10 minutes ago that is a lock Hall of Famer, that this group together it could be, you know, go down as the greatest pass rush ever. You know, for a single season, they, they could be remembered and, and statistically very well may be remembered as the greatest pass rush statistically in NFL history. And they don't have that one guy that you think of as this guy that's going to end up at Canton one day, right? There's no Nick Bosa on this team. There's no J.J. Watt from back in his day. There's no, you know, there's none of that. So it's amazing, but their best pass rusher is Hassan Reddick. And I was thinking about the season Hassan Reddick is having. And I I know it's a three-year contract the Eagles sign him to. And, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out after the full three years are over. But are we already at the point where we have to think about Hassan Reddick as one of the best free agent signings in Eagles history? I mean, he's having a ridiculous season. I, I don't know if Hassan Reddick is going to make first-team All-Pro. That's a very, very high bar. But he absolutely should make second-team All-Pro if he doesn't make first-team. And I haven't really wrapped my mind around why his name has not been mentioned once. Not once by anyone in the Defensive Player of the Year race. I mean, I, I recognize Nick Bose is going to win the award. And Micah Parsons is probably going to finish second. 
if I had a ballot in front of me, I would put Hassan Reddick as a as a top five, you know, person on my ballot, player on my ballot for defensive player of the year. And I remember I think I was filling in for afternoon alongside of Marks the day they signed Reddick. There was not a buzz here. It was like, oh good. You know, he's a good player. Cool. Like no one was mad at the contract, but there was not a buzz the day they signed Hassan Reddick. Like, okay, good start. They got a lot more work to do. They made that day that Howie Roseman signed Hassan Reddick, it, it may go down as one of the great free agent signings in the history of the franchise. I mean, the guy has what is it, 15 or 16 sacks? 16? 16. He has 10 and a half in the last eight. I mean, the guy's played at a, a, a an elite level this season. Yeah, great. I mean, I think he's third in the NFL in sacks over the last three seasons. He had double-digit sacks. I think him and Miles Garrett are the only two players with double-digit sacks in each of the last three years. And you mentioned it. Like, when they signed him, it was, oh, cool, it's a Temple guy. And that was about it. It wasn't, yep. man, this is a guy who's an elite pass rusher, and more people were worried about the Eagles designating him as a linebacker, right. not a defensive man. Like, that was the conversation, not whether or not he could compete for, you know, votes on a defensive player of the year ballot. And now it's half a sack in like eight straight games or something only a handful of players the NFL have ever done. What he's done this season as far as being a pass rusher is concerned is something that I don't think we've seen in a long time. I mean, the last guy to rack up this many sacks is what, Jason Babin? And we aren't allowed to talk about him. Yeah, well, no, because him and hated him. All right, so so when we talk about a, a list that Hassan Reddick could join one day, who who's the who are the names that jump off right away? John Runyon, right, was an unbelievable free agent signing by the Eagles. I mean, he, he just was a stalwart of tackle for years. Malcolm Jenkins is probably the most recent one that it wasn't just like a one-year impact. It was a long-term impact, and they won the Super Bowl. Those two are the first two that like stand out to me when I think about it. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Brooks... It was a great one. It was a great one, but he was kind of short-lived. Yep. Evan Mathis was a free agent. He made a first-team All-Pro. Connor Barwin, who kind of plays the same position as Hassan Reddick right now. Asante Samuel was a pretty good one for a, a shorter period, but a pretty good one. But, I mean, this is a guy who's only 28 years old. I could see him, after this three-year contract is up, playing another three or four years. I mean, he, he's still fairly young. And he doesn't have a lot of mileage on his body because Arizona didn't play him for three years. Yeah, I mean that's the other part about this. Like, how can he play at this level? I mean, they have him on a th- no matter what, he's already underpaid now. Like, he'd get more if he got if he was back on the open market after this year, he would get more money than he's got from the Eagles. So they they have him on what is a, a pretty reasonable contract here for a while. The other one I thought of was Troy Vincent. I mean, Troy came up in the conversation we were just talking with with you, Douglas. There, I think Troy was a little younger when he got here. Right? He was with the Dolphins for his first four or five years of his career. Uh, and then he got here in 96, I would say, 96, 97-ish. Because he was here before Andy, Troy Vincent, was was an eagle. And then he just, you know, he, he and that defense took off together. But he kind of got here in his mid to late 20s. And he stuck around here, I would say, for how many years was Troy an eagle? S- seven or eight? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was here... 96, 97, and was here through 03. I'm kind of in my mind, uh, as I close my eyes, thinking back to, I believe Ray Ray has a chapter in, in the Eagles Encyclopedia, or a section about the greatest signings in Eagles history. And do you I, have it on you? The, the encyclopedia? Yeah, do you carry it with you? It's a little heavy. I, mean, my, my, I carry a backpack with me, but like, I mean, it's, it's a pretty hefty encyclopedia. That's true. I wish they made a digital version. Maybe we we can ask Ray to, to to do. I mean, I don't know if he could do it himself. We have to have someone do it for him. He's not. He doesn't have much going on. 
No, I mean, but I mean, famously, Ray didn't have a cell phone. Do you think Ray can convert his encyclopedia to to, to digital and just send it to all of us? Like, probably not. Yeah, I, I doubt that. But I do have his encyclopedia, and in there, there is a section. I I, I should look, to, and we could talk about it tomorrow. How he ranked him. I, if I had to remember off the time, I had a, he had Malcolm in there. I, I Troy Vincent. I'm, I'm I'm sure John Runyon was was part of that list. I mean, these these are Hassan Reddick is I, this year alone. Tells has put him on the periphery of joining that list. He he has to do it for more than one year to to absolutely become on the same level as Troy or John Runyon or or Malcolm Jenkins. But like if they win the Super Bowl this year and Hassan Reddick has two sacks in the Super Bowl and he's he's a the Super Bowl MVP. I mean, doesn't he already join a list like this? It's not like we have when like when we went over this. There's not 20 names I thought of. There's not that many great free agent signings in Eagles history. There's probably 10 or 15 that we could probably reel off, but he's already on the list. And right now, I just looked up, he's the 20th highest paid edge rusher by average annual value. And it, that you would think every year that just goes up, right? He makes $15 million. Robert Quinn makes $14 million. By the way, Robert Quinn was uh, designated to come back from IR today. Are you excited about that? Um, no, I am not. So I saw this stat as well, uh, one more you know, kind of nugget on Reddick. So... Seth Walder, he does analytics for ESPN, um, and they have a stat called sacks created. And, and the idea of this stat is it credits the player who earned the first pass rush win, right? So let's, we don't have to use the analytic term. Like the guy who beats his defender and puts the original pressure on the quarterback. This happens. Like you don't get credit for a cleanup sack. Right. Like this happens sometimes where, let's say it's Reddick or, or it's uh, Josh Sweat, right? They will get in, they'll pressure the quarterback, he'll step up in the pocket, and then Fletcher or Brandon Graham or whoever will get the sack. So this is this is crediting the pass rush that really causes the sack more than the sack. So we know Reddick has 16 of his own sacks. He also this season is number one in the NFL in sacks created. He's he has 18 and a half sacks created. To put that in perspective, um, that's three more than anybody else. Matthew Judon is second with 15 and a half. Chris Jones 15. Brian Burns 15. Javon Hargrave actually has 14 himself. So the Eagles have two of the top five in this statistic. Uh, Nick Bosa is seventh in this particular statistic. He has seven uh, sacks created. Hassan Reddick, 18 and a half. I really am surprised there hasn't been more of a, or, or wasn't more of a case made by anyone that he should be in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation. I mean, I, I don't think, I wouldn't say he is the Defensive Player of the Year. I think Bosa certainly has earned it. And you probably put Parsons second, but I think it's it's fair to say third would be Hassan Reddick with the way he's played this year. He's been unbelievable. And, you know, guys like Slay and Bradbury, they've fallen off a little bit as the, years have, the year has gone on. I don't know if there's any other pass rusher that fits. Maybe Judon, but, man, Reddick's been and good. And Judon are tied right now, if you look at the odds. At third? No, they are fifth. So who who's in between Bosa uh Parsons? So Bosa at minus 1,100. Parsons at plus 625. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones and Max Crosby are 100 to 1 right now. So it's I mean, it's a two horse race, and then Miles Garrett at one twenty five to one, and then Judon Williams, Reddick, and Talanoa Hufunga. Hufunga from the uh, the Niners from the Niners are all at one fifty to one. Yeah, Hufunga's got a, a he's got like a Troy Polamalu uh, kind of game to him. He's good. I mean, he's a good player. Um, but I just I, I I look at the year Reddick has had. It's been remarkable. I mean, it doesn't it feel like every week he's making a game changing sack. Every week, you know, for the past two months. And he also strips the ball away. 
I mean, if, of all the worries we have about the Eagles, and I know right now there's coaching worry, there's Jalen Hurts injury worry, there's Lane Johnson injury worry, there's finishing it out winning the division worry, there's home field worry. Like, we got a lot. Jonathan Gannon worry. We're watching one of the greatest pass rushers we've ever seen in Philadelphia. You know, I, I know that we have the extra game, so it might be like a Mickey Mouse record if they do it, if they do break the record this week because they had 17 games and, you know, the um, other teams, the 80 nine Vikings and 87 Bears or whatever the teams are that they're, they're chasing here. You know, those late 80s teams, the 85 Giants, they only had 16 games, so maybe it's like an asterisk kind of thing next to the record or however we want to talk about this. But whatever. Even if you just cut, even if you stop counting right now, they have 68 team sacks. Like, they've blown past the Eagles team record. I just, I don't think that this part of the team is being talked about enough. Like, this is the one part there's I have zero worry about. They get after the quarterback at a ridiculous level. How many games did it row now with, like, five-plus sacks? They have six straight games with six, straight, with six or more sacks. And the crazy part about the last two weeks is, have you noticed that Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton haven't taken sacks the rest of the season? I think the Dallas Cowboys have given up, I mean, it was something like they gave up 19 sacks the entire year before the Eagles game, then they gave five to them. And I think Andy Dalton was sacked only, like, 18 times the entire year. And then he got five or six this weekend. So it's not like, oh, well, they're just playing these bad offensive lines or these quarterbacks take all these sacks. No, they're doing it against guys that don't take any sacks. I, I just – it almost feels like their their sack production the last month is team-proof. Are they playing a mobile quarterback? Are they playing a pocket quarterback? Are they playing a good offensive line, bad offensive line, team that takes a lot of sacks? It doesn't matter. I mean, you just – you kind of rack it up. They They just end the game every week with five or six sacks. And I, I know there's reasons to worry right now about this team and, and where they're at and, and can they get back to where they need to be when the playoffs start. If you tell me right now that Jalen Hurts comes back and he's healthy, they don't have multiple turnovers, and they sack Brock Purdy six times, they're going to the Super Bowl. Or you tell me, they only they have less than you know they they don't have multiple turnovers in a game maybe maybe one maybe none. Jalen Hurts is healthy, and they sack Dak Prescott or Tom Brady six times. They're gonna win the game. Like they they still have the formula needed to go out there and 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 do what they need to do. I Tucker, I really believe it's the least talked about important thing with this team. It's like we just like we're so upset by the other things that no one's like talking about this pass rush. It's amazing and it's weird because it's something we care about a lot more than other things. Right, we care about sacking the quarterback and running the football yep. more than anything else in the world. Like those are the two things I think this city and this fan base care about when it comes to the Eagles and the fact that they've been by far the best team at pressuring the opposing quarterback and, and creating negative plays this season. It is on, and, and do I think it probably goes back to Jonathan Gannon and his style of scheme? Yeah, because you watch it, they don't really create a lot of chaos. They don't bring five or six guys. They don't do a lot of zero blitzes where they bring both safeties down into the box. They just have a really talented defensive front right now, and their ability to get after the quarterback is second to none. I mean, this is the best pass rushing team I think we've ever seen. I mean, they have sixty-eight sacks in sixteen games. You know, they, they, that number just is—it's mind-boggling, and they just keep racking them up. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It gets your board. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus. He joins the show next, right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP.